0: Second Samuel chapter 20, verse one. Now there happened to be there a base fellow whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite, and he blew the horn and said, "We have no portion in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, every man to his tent O Israel. This guy is like Shemiah was. He wants to revile and curse David. he doesn't want David to be his king. And he's calling other people to revile and reject David as their king. 2. So all the men of Israel went up from following David and followed Sheba the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah did cleave unto their king, from the Jordan even to Jerusalem. This is so idiotic, because the men of Israel just got done arguing with the men of Judah, saying, why don't you let us carry the king back. And now they've showed that they're traitors again, because now they're listening to Sheba. How quickly they change their mind. They're not stable at all. They're just totally emotion based and they are liars, because they just claimed that they were loyal to David, and now instantly they are running over to Bathsheba. 3 And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in ward, and provided them with sustenance, but went not in unto them. So they were shut up unto the day of their death, in widowhood, with their husband alive. These are the ten concubines that Absalom slept with. Thankfully, Absalom didn't sleep with any of David's wives. His wives were with him the whole time. But Absalom did sleep with 10 concubines, servant women, that David had previously slept with. So this is a perversion in the Bible. You're not allowed to sleep with your father's wife, and technically they're not David's wives, but it's close enough, because David had slept with them. Absalom committed sexual perversion with them, and they committed sexual perversion with Absalom. David can't sleep with them anymore. He puts them in a house where they're kind of under lock and key. They can never sleep with any man again, including David, because they've been defiled. They're going to live as widows for the rest of their life, even though they're not widows. Some kings would have killed them, so David is actually being really nice by housing them and feeding them and keeping them comfortable for the rest of their lives, and they don't have to sleep with anybody ever again. 4 Then said the king to Amasa, Call me the men of Judah together within three days, and be thou here present. Amasa is one of David's fighters, and he tells Amasa to gather all the fighters of Judah within three days. 5. So Amasa went to call the men of Judah together, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him, meaning he took longer than three days. 6. And David said to Abishai, Now will Sheba, the son of Bichri, do us more harm than did Absalom. Take thou thy lord's servants and pursue after him, lest he get him fortified cities and escape out of our sight. David believes that Amasa is taking longer than three days because Sheba, the son of Bichri, is gathering an army against David. So David says, you're going to have to go kill Sheba. He tells this to Abishai, his other fighter. David thinks if they don't kill Sheba, they're going to have civil war on their hands. 7. And there went out after him Joab's men and the Cherethites and the Pelethites and all the mighty men. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. The Cherethites and the Pelethites and the fighting men are all of David's greatest fighters These are super powerful men in battle, and they're all going against Sheba. 8. When they were at the great stone which is in Gibeon, Amasa came to meet them, and Joab was girded with his apparel of war that he had put on, and therefore was a girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins in the sheath thereof. As he went forth, it fell out. Amasa was the one who was sent to gather the tribes of Judah. Joab is the one who was sent to go kill Sheba, and they are meeting each other. 9 And Joab said to Amasa, Is it well with thee, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. He grabs his beard to kiss him on the neck to greet him. 10 But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. So he smote him therewith in the growing, and shed out his bowels to the ground, and struck him not again, and he died. And Joab and Abishai his brother pursued after Sheba, the son of Bichri. When the sword came out, it didn't fall to the ground. Joab had made it come out so that it was in the hand that Amasa wasn't looking at. He used one hand to force Amasa into a hug to get a kiss, but with the other hand, he was holding that sword and he killed Amasa deliberately. He tried to make it look like he was kissing him on the neck as a greeting, but in reality he was just grabbing him to stab him in the growing. He did this because he believes that because Amasa took longer than three days, that Amasa must have fell in with Sheba, and that he's fighting for Sheba now. Which makes sense, that would be a logical conclusion. That if Amasa didn't come back in three days, that he's now on Sheba's side. This is why Joab has killed Amasa. Now Joab and Abishai are continuing on to go kill Sheba. 11 And there stood by him one of Joab's young men and said, He that favoreth Joab and he that is for David, let him follow Joab. 12 And Amasa lay wallowing in his blood in the midst of the highway, and when the man saw that all the people stood still, he carried Amasa out of the highway into the field, and cast a garment over him when he saw that everyone that came by him stood still. And when he was removed out of the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue after Sheba the son of Bikkri This means that everybody in this group is loyal to David. The servant said, If you are loyal to David, go follow Joab and kill Sheba. And they've all decided to do that. Meanwhile, they took Amasa and just threw him off the road and covered him up. Amasa is seen as a traitor, and he probably is, because he didn't come back in the three days allotted him. 14. And he went through all the tribes of Israel unto Abel and to Beth Maka and all the Barites. And they were gathered together and went in also after him fifteen and they came and besieged him and Abel of Bethmacah, and they cast up a mound against the city, and it stood in the moat, and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. fifteen, and they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth and they cast up a mound against the city, and it stood in the moat, and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Sheba gathered forces and made it to Abel, and he got into that city, but then Joab and all of his fighters came to the city and besieged it to kill Sheba. There's a moat around the city, but Joab is still battering the wall, meaning that he's using a huge tree trunk to break the wall down. 16 Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, say, I pray you unto Joab, come near hither that I may speak with thee. There's an intelligent woman, she's probably older and wiser, and she says, Hey Joab, let's see if we can make a deal here, because she doesn't want him to destroy her city and burn it down. She probably has family and grandchildren there, and she doesn't want them killed. She wants to work with Joab to avoid having the city destroyed. 17 And he came near unto her, and the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thy handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. She said, Are you Joab? And he said, Yes. And she said, Listen to me, your servant. And he said, Okay, I'm listening. 18. Then she spoke, saying, They were wont to speak in old time, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. So they ended the matter. 19. We are of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Seekest thou to destroy a city and a mother in Israel? Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? She's saying, This city has a good reputation. Why are you trying to destroy it? 20. And Joab answered and said, Far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. 21. The matter is not so, but a man of the hill country of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. This is a really smart woman. You would want her in your family, because she saved the whole city that day. She asked Joab, what do you have against us? And Joab said, I don't have anything against your city. All I want is Sheba. And she said, okay, no problem. We'll cut his head off and throw it over the wall for you. 22 Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Joab. And he blew the horn, and they were dispersed from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. The old woman, she told all the people of the city, we'll be saved if we just kill this man and give Joab his head. The rest of us will be saved. So they did it. And Joab grabbed the head to take back to King David. And all the other people that were fighting with him went home because they don't need to fight anymore. They can go home in peace now. 23. Now Joab was over all the host of Israel. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and over the Pelethites. Meaning that Joab was over the entire army of Israel. But Benaiah was over the elite forces, the Cherethites and the Pelethites. 24. And Adoram was over the levy, and Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was the recorder. Adoram oversees anybody who has to pay taxes to the king. Now that would be foreigners who pay taxes, because the Israelites don't pay taxes to the king. At this point, as far as I know, they're only collecting taxes from foreigners. Jehoshaphat, is the recorder, he's the historian, writing down everything that happens in David's kingdom. 25. And Shiva was scribe, meaning that he writes down the oracles from God that are spoken. And Zadok and Abiathar were priests. 26. And Ira, also the Jerrite, was chief minister unto David. He was like David's butler. He probably oversaw a lot of personal matters for David. And that's how David's kingdom stands at this moment. And that concludes 2 Samuel chapter 20.